The Science of Life on SAFM. Well, an important development in the last week, it comes from Elon Musk and his company, Neuralink. And what they've been able to do is actually implant, well, they call it a sort of brain chip, into someone's brain. The idea is that you'd be able to use this chip to control things, a cursor on a screen, for example. So I suppose one way of looking at it would be almost like putting your cell phone sort of directly in your brain. You wouldn't have to use your thumbs to put information in. Bruce Watson is the is an expert on artificial intelligence at the University of Stellenbosch. Bruce, good morning. Good morning to you, Stephen. Thanks for having me on the call, and hi to your listeners. I read a lot of science fiction, and this is a big part of science fiction, this idea of being able to control things or access information with your mind. But this is still a very early stage, I presume. I would say that's absolutely the case. I mean, it really is the dream to be able to connect computers in one way or another more directly to the brain and, of course, be able to understand the signals and the neurons and the axons, which is essentially where our thinking and consciousness occurs. But this is very early stage stuff, and we need to be cautious about uh, whether this is even what we want. Um. Uh, well, I mean, that's an interesting question. You know, why wouldn't it be? And I can think of several reasons. I mean, the first is just, I want to, you know, if, if I have my cell phone in my head, I can't throw it through the window and I'm cross. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, not only the frustration with technical devices, but also the fact that you uh, you have certain limitations then on privacy. If we have computers that are able to directly read our thoughts, uh, there are a number of other potential flaws, I mean, among which this is not going to be a cheap solution. So, we need to continually also think about other alternative ways of, of interfacing with artificial intelligence. Um, one of the things is, and I understand that the brain has electricity, right? And I presume the chip manipulates the electricity. I don't for the life of me understand how you get neurons, which are tiny, tiny <coughs> things. Our brain has billions of them. How you actually get neurons to interface with a piece of electronic circuitry. Right. This is actually uh, really, uh, I guess, uh, some of the significant progress in this, making thin enough wires that they can actually be inserted directly into the brain. Indeed, neurons and axons are dealing with uh, chemical reactions, but also with electricity. And the chip then is able to tap into that. And this is actually technology that predates Neuralink, but the chip is uh, the most advanced way right now of tapping into those signals and being able to amplify them and then feed them into a computer. And then, of course, we face with the problem of understanding what those signals are. And that's not an easy problem to solve. And some in some things, it's around, you know, what you would be able to do with it. Now, obviously, the sort of, um, the real aim for some people would be for people who maybe, you know, are disabled, they aren't able to move, say, their arms or legs, you'd be able to sort of control a body yeah. again. That would be a huge advance. But for the moment, it's probably just going to be about moving um, curses on screens. And that in itself could be quite important. Indeed, indeed. It's uh, it's very much oriented, in my opinion, because of the price point oriented towards uh, assisting people that have uh, various kinds of injuries or disabilities. So I think that's a very significant step. But this is not something that's going to be insertable for, uh, for quite some number of years into a large number of people in the population, simply because of the cost of doing that. But additionally, um, moving beyond being able to move a cursor or play a simple video game on the screen is then the other trick. And that's where things like artificial intelligence come into it, because you then have the stream of signal coming out of the brain and you want to make sense of it and understand the intention of the user. And the possibility of something going wrong, I mean, you can't just withdraw your thumb. This thing would be in your head. A absolutely. I mean, there's uh, there's the possibility of electrical malfunction. There's the possibility of it misunderstanding your intention. And then, of course, there are all the medical complications related to infection and having a foreign object inserted into your head.
Professor Brian Watson, I really appreciate the time. Thank you. As you can hear, an expert on artificial intelligence at the University of Stellenbosch.